already the final day of May. I mean, that month went quickly, if you don't mind me saying. Month number two here on the Damon Bruce Show, now on Damon Bruce Plus. Welcome back to the Pluse. It's so good to see so many of you hanging out before I even start the show. Very humbled by that. Really, thank you so much for being here. Goodbye, May. Hello, June. There will be no June swoon for the Pluse. I can promise you that. Golden State Warriors are going to hope to hold off any June swoon themselves with the big change that we all saw coming to focus yesterday. Goodbye, Bob Myers. Look, to watch, to listen to him, and to watch him were two totally different things. Wasn't there a famous presidential debate between Kennedy and Nixon where people who watched it thought, JFK just blew him away because Kennedy looked better, he looked younger, he wore makeup, and Nixon decided not to. But people who listened to it thought Nixon did much better in that debate. Just hearing something and seeing something can leave you with two totally different takeaways, and that's where we are going to start today's show. And we have some maybe video evidence for that. Oh my God, we're going to be playing video today, so stand on by. My computer might blow up as soon as I start doing this. Wish me luck. Wish us all luck today. It was evident that Bob Myers was completely burned out. And he would probably forge through the fire still if he were less of the truly good guy. He actually is. Um, When you prioritize your own happiness, balance, time with your family, and you do that as, as much as you've prioritized professional success... And maybe that professional success was so encompassing that you become out of balance. Look, when you have the options that Bob Myers have, and his options go to infinity. They really do. They go to infinity, and his bank account probably doesn't go to infinity, but it goes pretty darn high. So he's got the perfect time in his life to step away from something before it ends poorly. And again, all great teams end poorly. So it's good time for him to step away. We're the same age. He's 48 years old. If you're telling me I could just kick it with my family and millions of dollars for the next few years and then return to something, step back into a professional life in my early 50s for one more real decade of of work before I officially hang it up, you know, I, I would take that deal right now. I mean, I've always said if I hit the Powerball, Uh, I would be on the air tomorrow right here on the Plus at 11. You know, congratulations, Damon, you're a billionaire. What are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I'll figure it out after the show because I love doing what I do. This is not nearly the pressure-filled, stress-filled environment that Bob Myers is exiting. So, you know, there's no doubt that Bob had his dream job. He loved what he did. But I think that a person who was wired to be less well-adjusted, might have even lasted longer. But they certainly wouldn't be as good of a person as Bob Myers, I think, has proven himself to be at every single turn in the road. Maybe you didn't like a few draft picks. Maybe you didn't like a decision or two. Um, Somebody said to me on Twitter yesterday, you know, this guy hasn't had a single good draft pick. Well, there have been plenty of GMs who've had great drafts who've never won one, much less four NBA championships on their watch. You know, complain about the details of what you don't like about Bob's tenure. 
You have the right to, okay. But don't lose sight of the bigger picture, which delivered nothing short of the single most fabulous decade ever seen by any team in the Bay Area not named the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I mean, it's really unbelievable what has happened because the Warriors were as big of a slapdick organization as sports could offer you in any sport. They were incompetent in all directions. Things changed drastically, and they changed drastically with Steph Curry's draft pick, with Bob Myers' ownership change, with the hiring of Steve Kerr, uh, with the Joe Lacob ownership change, excuse me, with the hiring of Steve Kerr, and then obviously that was Bob Myers' decision. Um, Tim Kawakami, in a really well-written article in The Athletic, asked the question, why would a 48-year-old basketball lifer walk away from his dream job now? It's hard to completely pin down. It's a bit of a mystery until Joe Lacob joins him up there on that dais, right? Look, I, I, I heard some reaction from people who weren't at that press conference, only heard it, that Joe Lacob came across as steely and icy and didn't seem like he was really concerned about Bob, the future. Like, some of the analysis I heard was just, I, I thought, off. I thought it was an exaggerated, performative analysis that I heard in a few places. I'm not going to single anyone out. But I want to share with you what I thought was a real moment of admiration from Joe Lacob to Bob Myers, and this was his opening statement, and here it is. A lot of things, but I never thought about a day when I'd have to say goodbye to a partner and a friend and uh, someone who's so close to our organization. And being... Wait a minute. Did that, did that video not come up? It was working earlier today. Let me try to start that again. A lot of things, but I never thought about a day when I'd have to say goodbye to a partner and a friend and uh, someone who's so close to our organization and me. So this is a first, and there's no script for this. Um, so Raymond, uh, no, in all seriousness, I, first of all, I want to thank Bob for 12 years of your life and your family's life. It's been an incredible run, as we all know. We've had historic success, not only as a business, but obviously on the basketball court, and you're a tremendous part of it. Uh, Do you like that little hard ending? For some reason, it wasn't playing on my screen, but I'm glad it was playing on yours. Um, look, I thought that there was a little love there. And if Joe Lake had just left it there... I think everyone would have walked away saying, yeah, that there was some real nice moments there. I mean, there was eye contact. There was thanking of the family, looking at the family. Um, it, it, to me, that that didn't play very icy cold. But Joe would take what I'm not, I'm not going to call it a shot. But if we can just pick up from that loving heart little edit point that I put in there myself. Don't, I'm, we're learning. We're learning over here how to do things. Look out, everyone. Um, I want to pick it back up with how... Joe Lacob ended that statement, and I thought he ended it not with a, a threat, but a promise to Bob saying, like, it's never going to be as good for you as it was here, and I do think you're going to get back into the NBA one day. Watch Joe Lacob's hand start to tap, which I think is a giveaway of a little frustration of the moment. Here we go. And you're a tremendous part of it, uh, a huge part of it, and... Uh, 
four championships, six finals in 12 years. I don't know if you ever never do this again. I think you will in some capacity, but um, thank you to a competitive. But if you ever do this again, it'd be hard to keep that record going. Um, again. You're never going to be able to have the kind of success that we enjoyed around here. I think you're a competitive guy. I think you're going to do it again. I'm upset that you're not going to be doing it for me anymore. But, you know, Joe Lacob, look, he he's not type A. He's type A+. plus. You know, that is someone that is, you know, I- incredibly demanding. And look, he's got his own track record to say that my demands are well-founded because look at the success that has been born around them. But I would imagine that Joe Lacob is tough to work for. I, you know, Joe even said, I, I call Bob, you know, five to 20 times a day. We talk five to 20 times a day. That's a lot of Joe Lacob in your ear. I'm sure of it. You know, the burnout isn't just in the games and the stress that Bob Myers said would wake him up at three in the morning. It's ever-present stress from an owner who is as demanding an owner as there is in sports. You know, Joe's got his ego attached to the team. And before you say that's a bad thing, that's the reason why he spends. That's the reason why he cares so much. And Bob even said, you want an owner like Joe Lacob. You want a guy like that who cares as much as he does. I've already shared on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, some of what I thought were the highlights of that Bob Myers press conference, but I wanted to get into those two Lakeup clips to start the show today and then just play a few more things that I think really speak to the kind of person who Bob Myers is. Um, a lot of people say in sports, like, don't get too attached to anyone because when you have to cut them, you know, that's going to be tough. Well, Bob Myers has a different philosophy, and I sure hope I got this cut right. Here we go. Making the playoffs. We uh, was such a huge thing for the Warriors, and I think that was 2012, my first year as GM. Um, and then beating Denver, I remember going to that Denver series, just thinking, I hope we don't get swept. Just hope we don't get swept. And obviously, winning the series and playing the Spurs was was the beginning of all of it. It was the beginning of beginning of this, and the players were showing us the way and leading us and and guiding us. And then Steve came along and, um, oh boy, you know, what a guy. What what a uh, once in a lifetime friendship, once in a lifetime person who is such a, I mean, he's a fantastic coach. He's an all time top Hall of Fame coach, but you know, you can go through a whole life and not like not meet people like that, not make friendships like that. It's a very unique situation. It's a very unique situation that Bob Myers enjoyed with Steve Kerr. Normally two guys that are sort of pitted against each other, even though they're on their same team, working hand in hand, is rare. And it's Steve and Bob's ability to form that connection together that has helped make this such a special era. You know, you're not going to get something like that again. I think that that's safe to say. Here's another just look behind what makes this guy tick. I got a chance to talk to most of them, most of the key guys. Um, you know, some people say that GMs shouldn't be, you know, don't get close to the players. You might have to cut them or make it emotional not pay them or pay them or whatever it is. 
I kind of push back and go, what is the point of any job if you don't like and build relationships with who do you go to work with? What is the point? Um, some would say to win. Okay. But who are you doing that with? And what happens after that? It's not just about winning. If all it is is about winning, then relationships really don't matter. But again, he even says, so so you've won. Now what? What are you going to do? You're going to enjoy working in a winning organization if you're surrounded by people that you don't like, that you don't have connections with? I know to some of you, this might sound like stuff that doesn't really matter, but I think it's been an, an essential ingredient in the secret sauce of what's made the Golden State Warriors work and operate as well as they have. I mean, for a guy to say, you know, what's the point of all that success if you don't like the people you work with? It doesn't sound like a very illuminating statement, but in sports it really is. It really is. So to see... You know, some of the pain of stepping away on Bob Meyer's face. I mean, the, maybe the most emotional he got, and I've already shared this on, on a lot of social media, was when he talked about, you know, he would get tickets to go see Warriors games months in advance on his birthday, and he would sit in the upper deck, and that's where the love of this team started, and look at who he is. And Lacob talked about the hiring process and taking a chance on someone who's never done it before. And you know, this is now the situation that the Warriors have in front of them. And it's a very unique situation. And giving this job to someone in-house, in-family tree, no matter what, it's not going to be an easy job. And part of that is working for Joe Lacob. Like I said, he, he's not a type A. He's a type A+. Plus. Um, he's He's got to the point of success where he can use it as a reason to do it his way, maybe not your way. Look at what has happened. Look at the transformation of this franchise under this man's watch. How are you going to tell Joe, no, you don't get it, when he built the arena that a lot of people said couldn't be built? You know, you think building something in Oakland's hard? Try to do it in San Francisco. Joe Lacob got it done in years. A's have been working on it in one way or another, genuinely or disingenuously, for three decades, and nothing's happened. So it's just... It's it's an incredibly unique situation, and the domino effect of Bob's Warriors retirement is going to be fascinating to watch. And there's going to be a lot of columns to be written. There is, you know, the speculation sells, and there is a ton of speculation to be made now about what happens next with the Golden State Warriors. And only time is going to tell. Only time is going to tell. But this is clearly the first domino to be pushed. You know, Draymond, Clay Thompson, Kerr, Curry. Who's actually going to be the last man standing? Who's going to be the last warrior standing of that remaining foursome right there? Whose departure by the Bob Myers decision was just accelerated? One thing is for sure. I think everyone would agree on this. One thing is for sure. This doesn't seem like it's going to play any role in things lasting longer. Right? I mean, in a world where we can't get many people to agree on everything, I think we can all agree on that. Bob Myers leaving doesn't make this last longer. So it's a 
it's a tricky situation. The one place where Joe Lacob sounded, and, and the only place where I thought Joe Lacob sounded like just unreasonable, not tethered to actual sports reality, and a lot of people try to sell this as, well, that's really disrespectful to Steph Curry because he says they got to win after Steph. Well, guess what? He wants to win after Steph. And thinking about after Steph success, once Steph finishes up, is the wrong way to go about it. Like, you got to be projecting a few years ahead at all times if you're a smart organization. But the demand that he said, and, and look, when Anthony Slater, I want to read this here to get it right. When Anthony Slater asked about the new CBA rules being very restrictive to the Warriors doing way of business, Joe Lacob said, and I quote, we're going to win no matter what. I don't care what the rules are. We're going to figure out a way to do it. That's what good organizations do. They figure out a way to win the game, and our game is to win games and to win championships. Like, again, it's exactly what you want to hear from your owner. But I don't know if I were an owner, I would say that out loud in a press conference because you're literally setting unmeetable expectations. You are. You're, those are unmeetable expectations. There is no good in perpetuity in sports. It does not exist. It's never existed before. It won't exist now, and it certainly won't exist in the future either. That's just the way this all works, and you know that. Teams, franchises have competitive life cycles. And if you get stuck in that 30-win bad zone of NBA teams where you're not quite getting a premium draft pick and you're not quite in the playoffs, that is the dead zone. And the Warriors were in that dead zone for so many years. Or they'd get out of the dead zone, really suck, and then blow their draft picks. Teams have life cycles. Teams have life cycles. You know, it's very rare that a football team goes from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Joe Montana to Steve Young. If you're waiting for that to happen again, you're out of your mind. You're, it's not going to. Eventually, you get to the Steve DeBerg, JTO Sullivan, Alex Smith, Cody Pickett, Troy Smith, part of any franchise. That all happens. So this whole I expect to be good for everything is a big ask. And it's the only time where I thought that Joe Lacob, like I said, sounded untethered to reality. And he seems to be someone who, even including his very high standards, is tethered to reality. Like he gets how sports works. But he's now asking for an element of sports that has never happened before, and he's not so good that it's going to happen on his watch either. So whoever gets that job next better be bracing. If Bob Myers in the best of times was getting 5 to 20 conversations with Joe Lacob, the next dude's getting 10 to 50. It is great to have you here. I want to thank my sponsors. This man right here is going to be delivering me lunch. Not him himself, not this cardboard cutout of Ike, but I am definitely getting a sandwich from Ike's today for lunch. I'm going to have that delivered, and I will put up uh, some sandwich porn for you a little bit later on, a beautiful shot of the sandwich, which I haven't even decided which one I'm getting today. I'm excited about it. And then, probably not tonight, you know, you don't want to be pounding whiskey every night of the week, but tomorrow... When the NBA Finals begin, I bet you there's a glass of blackened whiskey poured upstairs. I love it. I absolutely love this whiskey. If Charles said, uh, Damon, we're all done sponsoring you right now, 
I, I'd still go out and get bottles of Blackened. Like, that's how much I actually like it. I'm not kidding. You're going to like it whether you drink your whiskey neat, whether you do it with a rock, whether you're making cocktails. Go ahead and get yourself a bottle of Blackened. And I'm very proud to announce that tomorrow we will be announcing a new sponsor here on the show. Starting June 1st, we got, you know, I, I feel like what, Annie Potts and Ghostbusters? We got one! We got another one. Someone who has always liked the show, served a product I've always liked very much and can wholeheartedly endorse. Again, I'm not just, I'm not just the owner. I'm a client. Um, tomorrow, officially, and I want you to go out and support our good friends at Uncle Boys because we got an official burger of the Damon Bruce Show starting tomorrow officially. Very excited about that. Welcome aboard. Uh, the timeline for the next GM now is officially the next big topic. Like, what are the Warriors going to do? You know, Joe said that he didn't want to be uh, boxed into any decisions, that he didn't have uh, a name in mind that he was willing to share or suggest or even a timeline in mind to share or suggest with the media yesterday. Well, I got a timeline in mind to share and suggest and it's June 22nd, and you better have this decision made a lot earlier than June 22nd, which is the day of the NBA draft. And look, I would say this about any organization. The next general manager needs to preside over the next pick. You can't have an outgoing GM presiding over a pick. Being a consigliere, being in the room, you know, Bob's not done until the end of his contract in June. And Joe Lacob said he's going to work him to the bone until he's done. Well, he needs to have a transition established before that. It'll be a lot easier if it comes from in-house and it's Mike Dunleavy Jr. Again, I, I, it can't be Kirk Lacob. It just, it, it's not going to be Kirk Lacob. I think Joe Lacob knows enough about that to not do that. I think it's going to be Mike Dunleavy Jr. And maybe Kirk Lacob is a you know a, a shadow GM in a way where he has more influence than you might be comfortable with, but you can't give him that job publicly. And we all know that Joe is going to be involved in that decision. He admitted as much yesterday as well. He is involved. He's got the right to be. He owns the damn team. Someone's like, oh my God, this is going to be uh, you know uh, Jerry Jones and his kid. Uh, Jerry Jones has not won four Super Bowls, so it already can't be that. Let's see where this goes, though. I would have this GM, the next GM, hired by the end of next week and ready to go, especially if you're bringing that GM in from out of the family. And I don't mean the Lakeham family. I mean the Warriors family. But I, I think the Warriors need to move quickly on this hire. So, look, we're going to get into uh, Club Plus in just a little bit, but I want to start with some of the messages that you've already sent in the chat. Let's see what's happening. Uh, we begin with a uh, with Lynn, who says, Good morning, everyone. I was stunned when Bob Myers revealed in his exit press conference he wakes up at 3 a.m. thinking about work. Yeah, I mean, that's a pressure cooker. I bet you there are a lot of anxiety dreams. My anxiety dreams are basically like, I need to get from one location to another, and for whatever reason, I can't get out of the building or I can't get to the, the train or the airplane. There's just something always 
throwing a roadblock up, and I don't have an awful lot of anxiety, to be totally honest with you, when I get those dreams. I can only imagine the dreams that came Bob Meyer's way. Lynn continues, I don't know about the rest of you, but when I wake up at 3 a.m., it's because of a bad dream or a nightmare. I hope Mr. Myers sleeps better after his resignation. Indeed. Indeed. I bet he will. And if I were Bob, I would take my family to Tahiti and I would stay there for a month at least. So I wish Bob a good night's sleep. He's earned it. Postman in Capitola says, D. Bruce just got done listening to Bill Simmons' pod from Sunday night. He was talking about the new CBA with the Warriors in transition at GM. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Again, Postman, you are right about that, and that's why the Warriors better get to hiring this next hire. I mean, they need to do that. This is an important moment in team history at a difficult moment in team history. Michelle Haberman, one of the... uh, Ladies of the Plus, thank you so much, Michelle. Viva El Plus, viva Bob Myers, a tip of my cap to you, sir. Thank you for everything, and I'm sure you're meaning that to Bob. And that is really the way Warriors fans, even those who had disagreements with the way Bob Myers went about drafting or making a few decisions, this man is the architect of the high standards that you have now, a franchise that that came devoid of any standards before this regime was making decisions. So again, the only reason why you can even afford to claim the high standards that you have is because of the GM who you insist on shitting on for whatever reason because it makes you feel bigger. There's a lot of stupid sports fans out there. True Blue Forever says, Man, I thought you were going to start the day with A's talk, D. Bruce. On fire! Second winning streak of the year! Yeah, we'll we'll get to all that in in just a second. Uh, Let's see. Good morning from Sporticus. Good morning from our uh, friend Otis Bird. And I know that we're, you know, kind of, you know, drifting into brunch afternoon time here, but good morning indeed. Uh let's see what we got again. I just kind of want to uh, you know, I I feel like when I save it all for Club Plus, I go back through things and I'm right back at the beginning of the show again. Um but you are you're right about this Otis Bird. May went by in a rocket ship, didn't it? Maybe it's because we got a new venture going on here. I don't know why, but it did feel like May flew by about as fast as a month can go by. That was a quick one. Again, maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the getting older portion of life. And uh, again, I'm so old I don't remember to say things like this. But Michelle reminds everyone: hit that like button. It is good for the algorithm. And what's even better for the algorithm, by the way, is telling your circle about this show. Tell everyone you know. This is the best show on the interwebs. That's what my mom said anyways. Uh, If you agree with that, tell the people you know about Damon Bruce Plus. We'd love to have you in. We'd love for you to get here. And we'd love for you to get here because not just you stumbled upon me, but someone that you really know and like uh, told you to go ahead and, and check that guy out. Word of mouth advertising. It's officially undefeated. Uh, let's see. Bob Myers has a net worth of $15 million. Uh, all he needs to do is buy a condo, and that's all spent. Look, I, you know, not in a creepy way, but I actually have a buddy of mine who has family that lives 
in Pack Heights, and I was over there at my buddy's family's house for a uh, holiday meal several years ago, and I couldn't help but notice that the uh, guy who lives next door was Bob Myers. So Bob doesn't need a condo. Bob has a mansion in Pacific Heights. He's fine. He's going to be okay. Don't you worry about that guy. Don't get, you know, get, get out of his pocket. But it is, it's stuffed. It's very good. He doesn't need to worry about cash going forward. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to, you know, run out and buy a, a bunch of Lamborghinis, you know. <laughs> he seems like he's just smart all the way around. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. What do we got today? What do we got today coming on, uh, here again? We got a lot of people who are like talking to each other, which I got to kind of scan through it all real quick. Um, let's see someone who wants to say, uh, Santa Clara has zero rings. Did anyone say they, that, that Santa Clara, that, that the 49ers have won a Super Bowl in Santa Clara? Has anyone said that? I don't think anyone said that. So thank you for bringing up something that everyone knew. Nothing illuminated there. Uh, what I will tell you that they, you do have is uh, more ring. What is that? Is that a Los Angeles Rams logo? They got more rings than those guys. And they have more seats in your stadium than apparently you do, Rams fans. Um, so there you go. Uh, Mike One Mike says, you know, an awful lot of outlets are trying to turn this into some long-standing discontent over money, power, and that must have resulted in departure. I don't buy it. You know, I don't either. I don't either. I th th it was to me completely, like completely obvious that this was not about money. This is about burnout. And the last twelve years for Bob Myers have been pedal to the metal. Peaks and valleys of extraordinary differences. This has got it's 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 got to be an incredibly stressful job. And knowing when to walk away, knowing when to walk away is a a, a really good idea. Mitch eloquently describes Joe Lacob very well. You don't make fuck you money without saying fuck you to someone. <laughs> You're right. You are right. You are right. So uh, Jim Everett says here, uh, Rams gear taking over the Bay Area. Well, hey, Jim, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, but uh, I can tell you that the Los Angeles Rams don't even take over their own stadium. So you ain't going to take over up here. And this is, uh, let's see, what else we got? What else we got? Oh, look at even Jillian Bruce weighing in. Jillian Bruce, what's the point if you don't like who you work with? It's the truth. It's the truth. My wife is right about that. Luckily, she likes working with me. I'm lucky to be working with her, that's for sure. Um, relationships. You know, what you've, you've heard that, you know, every business is a relationship business. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I agree with all businesses are relationship businesses. And if you don't like the relationships that you have, it's tough. Look, that's the only thing I miss about the old radio station. 
you know, paychecks aside, um, I miss the relationships that I had with the people that I very much liked working with five days a week. It's rare to go through uh, as many producers as I have in the last nine years at my last radio station and be able to say honestly, truly, I liked working with every single one of them. I liked working with all of my board ops, all of my producers, all of my call screeners. The people who would work uh, around the station were people that I liked being around very much. You know, that to me was part of the reason why I, I loved my job. Because I liked the people that I worked with. A lot of like-minded people. Vince Vargas says, if Damon wins the lottery, Otis Bird is going to be the new host of the Plus with special appearances by random Plusers. Here's the thing. Now that we know that we can have video, maybe we need to have some random plucers shoot a little video and send it in, and, and, and we'll hear directly from you. I think that that can all happen. Again, we're figuring things out. It's, it's moving slowly, but uh, we're figuring it all out. We're figuring it all out. Um, uh, from RIP Cougar Rebel saying, Damon, I noticed at the end of the press conference when Myers thanked Lacob for compliments, Joe Lacob looked legitimately sad and disappointed. Look, I think he knows, even though he sounds unreasonable when he says this goes on forever, I think he knows in the back of his mind that this does not go on forever. And the relationship that he had with Bob Myers, I'm not saying it's you're not going to appreciate it until it's gone or anything like that, but I think that there will be an element of you didn't know how good you had it and how great Bob was, because everyone starts taking things that are around them every day for granted, just a little, just a little. And that's, that's you know, it's, it's not disrespectful. It's just human nature to settle into, well, you know, I'm used to that. And when you get used to something, you stop appreciating it. This is what they say, what, um, you know, the, the seven-year itch in marriages, about seven years in, you start looking at each other like, yeah, I see you every day. Are we going to be as romantic as we used to be? I can tell you right now, my wife and I, we got a great thing going. A wonderful thing going. But is it the hot and heavy thing that it always was at the very beginning? Of course not. It also has to do with two kids that make us too tired to do anything after 8.30. So, look, it, it is human nature. Human nature to go ahead and not not start taking something for granted, but just, you know, setting a, I'm used to that, I'm used to that. And when you get used to things, you by nature appreciate things a little bit less. Not that we have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, had to see Bob leave to appreciate him, but there will be an element there. There will be an element there for sure. Uh, let's see. That building needs to be full for Joe to sleep at night. I don't doubt that he uh, that he can't do it from that quote. That is uh, El Dilio Sorario Espinosa, which is a great name. I probably destroyed it there, but I'm sorry. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, look, man, this is a huge task that the Warriors are going to have in the post-Steph Curry era when you're done winning with the most beloved players in the history of this franchise now, how are you going to keep selling tickets at those prices? 
it's going to be a conundrum. It's going to be an issue that the next GM is going to have to address and fix and deal with on a daily basis. J.J. Rader, would you consider Bob Myers to be a yes man or did he do things his way and not so much the way Lacob wanted? I think Bob is seeking consensus. You know, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't think Bob's ego was attached to him always being right, which doesn't make him a yes man. I think he would do all the homework and provide, you know, his 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 best guess. I mean, that's really all you can do as a GM. Remember, this is this is not a situation, not a situation where it's one man and one man alone. It's it's an organization's got to be on the same page. Mitch says, uh, Damon, not to nitpick, but your mic gets a little bit distorted when you get loud. Okay, well, I, I won't get as loud then. I won't get as loud. So we were tinkering with sound and videos and mics last night, so maybe that's where that comes from. We'll turn it down a little bit. Uh, but thank you very much. We're trying to get it right. Again, we're we're not audio engineers. We're 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 not engineers. We're we're just a talent, baby. Uh, let's see. So uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Well, I think we gotta we gotta move on. Oh, we gotta say thank you to Yosarian. Jingle jangle. Happy to happy to see Uncle Boys is coming aboard. We're happy to have them aboard. Uh, this is from. Philip Don Michael Johnson Thomas, which is a phenomenal name, Miami Vice forever. Uh, controversial question, Damon. What is your second favorite sandwich spot in San Francisco behind Ike's? Okay, so right next to the House of Shields, the Sentinel. I love that place. And I also really like Lou's Cafe, which was out by me in the Inner Rich when I lived there, which was close to Uncle Boy's, by the way. Um, but I like Lou's Cafe sandwiches, and I really love the Sentinel. I hope the Sentinel is still open for, for business. It was right next to the House of Shields across from, uh, um, what hotel is that? I don't know. It's a, it's a palace, I think. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah. How, how about when Joe told him you got to work for another month? I thought that was a little performative. I think that Bob knew that. I mean, he, he played it off like, oh, you kidding me? But I, I, I think that that. That's known. They know that this draft is on the the 22nd. They know that. Uh, speaking of this and future NBA drafts, real quick, I want to let you know that uh, today is the final day for college players to withdraw their name from the draft pool if they did put their name in the draft pool. So there are a lot of college teams hoping to get a big name returning to campus for more seasoning in another college season. So there's a lot of college basketball coaches crossing their fingers that their best player might decide, all right, maybe this isn't the right time for me to go into the NBA now that I've gotten some data points back um, and they return to campus. A future high draft pick projection, this story was on ESPN.com this morning, the number two ranked senior for the class of 2023 is not going to college. He's going to go to the G League Ignite. His name is Ron Holland. He decommitted from Texas earlier this month. He's from Texas. He's a 6'8 forward who has won gold medals with the under-16 FIBA USA team, the under-17 uh, FIBA USA team. 
He is averaging 11 points, six rebounds, and apparently the scouting report on him is he plays defense like he means it. You want to talk about things being different than from when I was a kid, this opportunity to now go to G League, uh, go to G League and make um, uh, a career of professional basketball begin before you actually, you know, when you're in that weird spot in between college like there's an option other than just college and for some guys it's it's working out like get to know the name scoot henderson scoot henderson is going to be a very high draft pick in this upcoming draft jonathan kaminga obviously uh g league g league ignite same team that ron holland's gonna join but you know i think giving kids options is probably the right way to do it And I'm not here to tell anyone that because I believe college basketball is more than about just basketball. It's about developing as a person, making relationships. And, and, you know, to me, the college experience, you can't put a price on it. You just can't. Um, Learning how to be an adult in college is probably a lot easier than learning how to be an adult in the professional atmosphere that is unglamorous like the G League. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to be playing in front of 400 people at best in some G League games where you might be playing in front of, you know, 4,000 people at worst at a small college. Um, I'm always going to be pro-college, even though there is a lot about pro-college that is no longer necessarily taking all of the um, uh, taking all of the uh, um there's it's not all great in college i'll admit that i'll admit that there's an awful lot of advantage being taken of everyone in every direction and ladies uh or or i should say the the kids who are going to college are not going to just have this nil situation just turn it into an easy landscape for them it's not going to happen um game f- Game 7 of the Heats and Celtics uh, averaged 11.9 million viewers. It's TNT's most watched Eastern Conference Finals game all time. It's amazing that the most watched Eastern Conference Finals game on TNT hasn't even gotten 12 million viewers. Like, you'd think it would be bigger than that, right? Um, But we got ourselves what I hope to be an interesting NBA Finals. I'm going to stick with Nuggets in five. Uh, But Nuggets and Heat begin tomorrow night in Denver. I want it to be good basketball. I love me some basketball. I want it to be good basketball. I hope we can get it. Uh, Let's see. What have we got here? Just a little afternoon baseball coming up in about an hour from now. Um, The best pitcher that the Pirates have, Mitch Keller, going against Alex Wood. This is an afternoon game at 24 Willie Mays Plaza. And like we said earlier, uh, the A's have won back-to-back games for the second time this year. Fuck Joe Lacob. Or no, 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 no. Excuse me. Fuck John Fisher. We love Joe Lacob. Uh, but uh, John Fisher, you couldn't carry Joe Lacob's dirty underwear in your pretend-to-be-working briefcase. I hope everything in Vegas falls apart for you and you are stuck in a no-man's land which you never get out of and you're forced to sell and fuck you and fuck you and fuck you twice. Three times. Four times. Five times. Fuck you to infinity. You are the worst owner in the history of sports. You don't deserve to ever have a nice thing ever again. You know nothing, do nothing, inherited it all, talentless buffoon. Have I made myself clear? I hope so. So, 
Three stories that we're going to uh, wrap up today's show with before we hop into Club Plus. And, you know, look, I don't want to get into the whole nonsense that the Dodgers are finding themselves in again. Clayton Kershaw saying that he disagrees with how the Dodgers are now re-including the sisters of perpetual indulgence in their uh, in their pride night. Let me be the adult in the room because this just gives people on both sides of this argument reason to scream at the top of their lungs. Let me be the adult who's not screaming at the top of their lungs. If Clayton Kershaw wants to duck behind the curtain of religion to say he doesn't like something, that's fine. I don't disagree with it, or I I don't agree with it. And just because he does disagree with it, for whatever reason, whether it be religious or personal or whatever, doesn't mean it should be canceled. Clayton Kershaw does not have the right to an unoffended life. And the fact that this does offend him is fine. That's that's fine. If he wants to go ahead and get Catholic night on the schedule again, uh, and he uses this moment to do that, that's great. I don't care. I mean, say it with me. It's very liberating. Say it with me. I don't care. I don't care what Clayton Kershaw thinks. I really don't care what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence think. I, I just don't care. You know, I got other things to think of. I got a family to feed. I got things in my life that mean an awful lot more than how the Dodgers go about Pride Night. I'm going to tell you right now, If I've, I've always said this, if I were black, if I were black, which is a, a book, make sure you wrap up that sentence correctly, right? It's a difficult way for a 48-year-old white man to start a sentence and not get in trouble, but here we fucking go, and I don't give a shit because you have no right to an unoffended life either. But if I were black, Black History Month would deeply offend me. And if I were gay, Pride Month would deeply offend me. It really would. It really would. I've seen it co-opted and marketed and like, I don't need a, you know, like Honda supports Pride Month. You don't give a shit about Pride Month, Honda. You're just trying to sell cars. You know, I mean, I I really don't care. I, I don't give a, I don't give a rip. I wouldn't need anybody to sell my inclusion to anyone else. It would offend me. It really would. If I were a gay man, Pride Month at this point would offend me the way it has been co-opted for everyone to have their virtue signaling parties. It would drive me nuts. I would feel the same way. I, dude, I'm, I'm fully on Team Morgan Freeman when it comes about Black History Month. He's like, dude, uh, black history is just part of history, so why should it be, you know, there, there, there shouldn't be a separation. By separating it, you're doing the opposite of including it. I, 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 I believe that. Like, true inclusion means, you know, that like that's a thing. Like, well, what's Pride Month like in San Francisco? Yeah, a few more rainbow flags, but it's like any other month, really. Got to shut down Market Street for a parade. That's great. Go have a parade. That's great. That's it's fantastic. But it's just an, a never end. Look at it this way. It's a never ending controversy that doesn't go away because people like to say how deeply they are offended by this, not offended by that. I do agree, disagree with that. Just shut the fuck up and mind your own business. Mind your own business. Let me tell you what's going to happen at the Dodgers Pride Celebration. Nothing. Nothing. It won't make life easier for gay people. It won't make life harder for practicing Catholics. Nothing is going to happen. It's going to be a completely bullshit, 
on-field ceremony that doesn't even last six minutes. If it offends you that deeply, go get a fucking hot dog. Seriously. Like, grow up. Grow up. You know, somebody once said, well, Damon, what are you going to do if all of a sudden you got a, you know, there's a drag queen in front of your kid? What are you going to do? I'm going to say, hey, kid, that's a drag queen. No big deal. That's it. Oh, Jillian, she's spotting McBride. McBride in the house. Good to have you here. Lucas? Is Lucas in the house? Shout out Lucas. Or are we just talking about the producers that I loved working with? There he is, McBride. I miss you, man. Miss you, too. Looking forward to McBride being out here. You talk about those championships in Santa Clara. Well, we're going to get McBride in Santa Clara, and that's better than a championship as far as I'm concerned. So to uh, Clayton Kershaw, he has the right to respectfully disagree or not like anything he disagrees with or not likes. What he doesn't have is the, uh, the province to cancel anything. Again, you can't cancel anything because of religion because the next person sitting next to you might not be your religion. Now, here's another sentence that I hate to say, but I do I I'm just saying it. I saw Clay Travis, who again, like the only part of this story that Clay Travis is disappointed in is that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence aren't also black cuz he could really rally against them if they were. I mean, that would just be hitting two birds with one stone. Um, but look, he's trying to serve an audience that appeals to the way he thinks about things. But when he did say that the Dodgers would never have the balls to invite, you know, a, a, any organization that was openly mocking like Islam or Hasidic Jews, he might have a point about that. He might have a point about that. I don't think it's anything to hang your hat on, but there, there is, there is no doubt that we don't treat everyone the same. And what might be good for one goose is not good for the next gander, and we see that all the time. Um, again, my, my my formal advice to everyone is to take a breath, and then at the end of that breath, feel free to mind your own fucking business. That's all you got to do. Next topic, I said we had three things to end today's show with. So Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence and the Pride Night that has officially worn out its welcome before it's even begun down at Dodger Stadium. Fucking A. Um, the NCAA tournament uh, that baseball is about to host. They get, the, the NCAA can't get anything right. So there is a story that the uh, baseball tournament, the regional, has been awarded now to Kentucky, and that decision was made on Sunday. But unfortunately, Kentucky has a Railbird Music Festival going on that is headlined by some of the biggest country music stars in the world. The same weekend as this regional has now been scheduled for Kentucky, there's another big brass band thing that draws 40,000 people a year. Look, when they have their you know, Midwestern... Um, you know, like there was this thing in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which I spent some time in called the Three Rivers Festival. And it was basically like two weeks of a Midwestern festival. And they brought in some carnival rides and they would have their fried foods and a couple of bands and 100,000 people would show up every day. There's nothing to go. So when these little festivals happen, people flock to them. So to then plop a regional in there last minute and expect hotel rooms to be available. People can't get hotel rooms within 35 miles of where this regional is supposed to be being played, and teams are going to have to stay in Kentucky's dorms. 
the NCAA can't get anything right. They can't. Final story. Final story. Because I saw this, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with people? Uh, so Taylor Swift is not my cup of tea. I know that people love Taylor Swift. And I saw a story today about how, and this was in the Daily Mail, how people can't remember it very all well. Taylor, Taylor Swift fans are getting amnesia at her concerts due to a rare phenomenon. And the story reads, Going to see Taylor Swift live, you expect it'll be a night to remember, but there are growing reports of people suffering amnesia after her shows. And you would think, okay, so you're a 13-year-old girl at your first concert, and you're just going to scream at the top of your lungs and jump up and down clapping, and that is probably going to be enough to distract you from remembering. These are like adults. Uh, Jenna Tuckalan, 25 years old from New York, said she dreamed about seeing the pop star for so long that it was difficult to retain what was happening in her mind. She told Time magazine that post-concert amnesia is real. Like, tell me this generation isn't going to make it. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing. Uh, uh, how about you? How about this? What did you have for breakfast this morning, sweetie? Do you even remember that? People don't remember anything these days. People don't have any real learned knowledge. They just go to look it up. I, that, that, the fact that you can't remember your favorite concert is not an us problem. It's a you problem. What drugs are they handing out in the Taylor Swift uh, uh, shakedown street? Does Taylor Swift have a shakedown street outside of her concerts? People huffing paint before they go in there? What the, Dude, I've smoked more weed than all of you put together. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can almost remember every single fish show that I've been to. Sometimes I space out and be like, did they play simple? Was that, did they transition from tweezer into simple? What Was that there right there? You know, <laughs> but but I remember what happened. I'm not saying I've got like, hysterical blindness i've i have in the moment amnesia what the hell's wrong with people this generation's soft dude experts say there is evidence to explain the phenomenon which does not only happen to super fans of taylor swift who call themselves swifties a neuroscientist named dr dean burnett honorary research associate at cardiff university said quote if you're at a concert of someone you love, surrounded by thousands of very excited other people listening to music you've got established emotional links to, that's going to be a lot of emotion happening to you at one time. Holy shit, everyone's a total pussy these days. Oh my god. We got to deal with emotions at concerts now? Explain you and talk? I mean, like, we need a world where people do give more mental health uh, consideration than ever before. We also need a world where people bite their bottom lip and suck it up just a little bit. I can't remember the set list at the Taylor Swift show. Well, it's probably going to be the same thing. She, she probably basically does the same show every night. That's crazy. The button fixing in here? Or are we just shouting out old, old Damon Bruce show love? you know, employees that we loved. I don't know. But there you go. Um, if you need to remember things and you have trouble remembering them, might I suggest the concept of notes? This is a crazy idea. I mean, we're talking to Generation TikTok. 
You've programmed your brain not to remember anything that has lasted longer than 10 seconds. By the way, today's show lasted longer than it usually does. We had a lot of stuff to get to. We had some video footage. We had some new things, exciting things to announce. And it was great having you. And we dipped into the chat before we normally do. So let me just kind of wrap up today's show for those listening on the podcast saying thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be live at 11 on YouTube every day, Monday through Friday. So I hope you join us there. If not, thank you for downloading the podcast. And I want you to remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.